Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Tuesday edition. Kath is back. Good to see you, Kath. Nice to see you, John. Very good to be here. Thank you so much. A little snow's falling. Uh, frigid out there right now, isn't it? It really is. I took a, a quick trip to Virginia. My son's doing a little uh, college tour. Yesterday, the crocuses were were in full blossom. Oh, my gosh. And the trees were blooming. That's so mm. enviable. Yeah. It was a nice trip down. I mean, it is cold as all get out here. Sure I'll tell is. you, it is cold as Holy all get out. Smokes burn. All right, let me bring up something in the news that's really causing me, John, a lot of consternation. Mm. Um, the Michael Jackson story. The um, Neverland the documentary. It's a new documentary. HBO two-part series. Yeah, no, we talked about it two weeks ago because... Um, we have a monthly guest, Alyssa Wilkinson, who's a film critic, mm. and she had she was on the documentary committee right. um, at Sundance this year for the first time, and on the jury there. And um, so, you know, we knew that it was coming out, but it wasn't part of you know national or worldwide conversation until the last couple of days, right? Because it did make its debut over the last two nights, right? So, um, the documentary is what you. I don't know, might expect, which is that there are two men who say that they, when they were children, they were sexually abused over a lengthy period, manipulated in ways that are emotionally sick and damaging. Right. Along with their families. The mother and, gave them access right. to, the, um, to the estate and the children were left to their own devices with Michael Jackson. And both of the fathers of these young boys committed suicide as a result. Right. Now, uh, the event uh, has aired, as we said, the last two nights. Oprah Winfrey aired an interview after leaving Neverland Neverland aired. And uh, she famously interviewed Michael Jackson, I think, in 1993. And, uh, you know, crowned him. She said, you know, you you sort of go beyond. There, There are no words to describe you as the king of pop and beyond. But now since, of course, like a lot of people, she has since changed her tune. And so after the film aired on HBO, they cut to a a 90-minute conversation that Oprah had with the two young men who are now grown men, both married with children, which is the impetus, they said, as to speak out for the very first time. Because now they have children of their own and now they're kind of seeing the innocent kids that they were and they're coming to grips with how – transformed their lives were right what's fascinating to me is that you know as we as a nation as the world adored michael jackson for his unique very odd extremely compelling over-the-top talent right i mean it was oh my god are you kidding me right um he rightly received the attention that uh, he deserved because he was yeah so incredible but that story of Michael Jackson, the boy, growing up in the Jackson family, his father, you know, all this story is well known. His father was a steel worker in Gary, Indiana, and saw the talent in his sons and really worked these boys hard like a machine and was deeply abusive to the family, to all those boys. And, of course, Michael, as the lead, took the bulk of the abuse. He was he was the star. Right. And the baby. So Michael's abuse, sexual, physical, whatever that was all about, transferred itself into Michael the man. And I've yet to see Leaving Neverland, 
I'm not an HBO subscriber, mm-hmm, um, but I certainly look forward to that conversation to watch okay, the film. Okay, but here's the thing that, that's causing me consternation, as I said at the sure. start. He's dead. That doesn't invalidate the stories of these two men no. whose who, who's tale is chronicled in the documentary. But how do we arrive at what we believe is the truth when he's not here? To defend himself. How do you do that? His family's defending himself. His yeah, family's already filed a $100 million suit against HBO. Right, on behalf of the estate. Right. But what about the person? It's a good question. I'm not trying to defend Michael Jackson. In fact, over these last few days as I've been reading about Finding Neverland and reading the stories of these uh, two young men and seeing the photographs that went along with the devolution of Michael Jackson psychologically, I, I had forgotten what he looked like. He was beautiful. But by the time he died, what he had been done, what he had done to himself is so shocking. It's just so shocking. Anyway, but I, I look at that and I think we right now in America are just, we are fueled by this need to heap justice upon a person who has perpetrated some sort of abuse. And I get that because people who perpetrate abuse deserve to be punished. Of course they do. But at the same time, we I feel like this might be a train that's going out of control. I feel like there has to be some restraint in us where we hang back and say, okay, we don't know all the details yet. We don't know the facts yet. Let's not jump to a conclusion about who did what based on some testimony. Now, again, I'm not trying to defend Michael Jackson. I'm just saying I'm uncomfortable with a documentary coming out like this about a man who's no longer living and can't tell his story. Right. I mean, I get that. He could be absolutely 100% guilty. But isn't there a chance he isn't? Well, Michael Jackson settled out of court with any number million of dollars. right with at least one accuser and probably perhaps things we don't know about okay, with many more but again that doesn't make him guilty it makes him look guilty and he could be guilty i don't know but he was not convicted in a court of law he was not convicted but if you're if you're the perpetrator or the accused and you're settling out of court i would say the odds are by you settling, you're admitting guilt in some form. I agree. At the same time, we're talking about somebody who has nothing but cash to burn. So if they just want something to go away, they can pay for it. Yeah, but that's going to be a pretty hard go away. $23 million, no matter how rich you are, is still $23 million. And again, I, I, like I'm, I'm the same way with you. I, I don't have a, a dog in this fight. Um, as a kid, you know, I mean, I was a big fan of Jackson. Oh, my the gosh. Jackson are you 5. kidding me? And then, of course, you know, from the Jackson 5 to the King of Pop – um, I remember, was it 1988? When, when did Thriller come out? No, I think that was about 82. Okay. Mike, yeah. Early 80s. I want to say that was 82. I mean, that star was so big and November so bright. November 30th, 1982. 82, mm-hmm. very nice guy. Okay. But how do you exist in that world? I mean, remember, you know, he was married, he was divorced, he had those those, those children. He created a piece of personal property he called Neverland. It's so creepy. Right. Everything about it is twisted. It's really sad. There's nothing that I'm trying to defend. I just, I, I think I'm, I'm just trying to to put up a warning flag for all of us to say, when we're talking about people who have abused, I just want to make sure 
that we're sure. The two sides of the story are heard. And so you're saying you're a little leery of the accusations because yeah. he's not here yeah. to defend who he is. Yeah. He's well, not able to give his side of the story. Right. I mean, does that mean that they shouldn't have done the documentary? No. No, of course. It's the filmmakers' rights to tell their side of the story. And, uh, you know, these two men now who are adults, uh, fathers, yeah, their story should be heard. And apparently yeah, they weren't paid for their involvement in the film. And how many times have we said that any victim of abuse deserves to be heard? Right. Every victim of abuse deserves to be heard. But also when someone is accused, they they have a right to defend themselves. They have a right to tell their side of the story. Right. And then we decide whether it's a jury or it's a judge or whoever it is, whether we believe them or not. I'm surprised. But you have to hear both sides. And what do we do when we can't? Yeah. What do you do? Well, you, you want to watch the film, right? So if you have HBO, of course, you can see the film. But it won't be released theatrically. So you'll have to wait for some time, for a long time, for the film to release. Although there is great interest, you know, obviously we're talking about it right now, for people to chime in to, to watch the proceedings go on. All right. So how about on our Facebook page, I just put up a prompt and ask you if you've seen the film. Living Neverland. What do you think? Did you watch it last night? Was it last night or the night before? Two nights. Two nights in a row, right? Uh, Sunday, Monday. So what did you think? I'd love to hear. Please tell us. Uh, Corey Feldman. I mean, so there's, you know, big names from that era, from, you know, late 80s into the 90s. Macaulay Culkin. You know, young Culkin. Culkin. So young boys who spent time with Michael Jackson. They themselves have been silent about the abuse. Obviously, they've got, you know, a little more to lose, so to speak. Uh, You know, so is their silence complicit in the guilt or is it a sign of I'm just not interested in, you know, chiming in? Yeah. Anyway, go to our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Let us know because we'd like to be more informed about this film. Anyway, uh, we've got a, a good show for ahead for you. Uh, because we did a best of show yesterday, today we go to the White House. We're going to talk with Greg Clarkston, SRN News White House correspondent, about the goings on in the nation's beltway. Stay with us. WORD. Our words matter, but our motives and our intentions sometimes muddle what we're trying to say. On the next Focus on the Family, Karen Eamon helps us understand how to be more aware of how we're communicating. Through her personal experiences, she shares practical ways to tame the tongue and use words positively. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Looking for a challenging hands-on education, one that fosters curiosity, builds confidence, and cultivates a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve at jubileecs.org. World Vision presents Big Daddy Weave's Alive Tour. Join Big Daddy Weave in concert as we celebrate coming to life in Christ. The Alive Tour with Big Daddy Weave. 
Details at BigDaddyWeave.com. Big Daddy Weave, live at Geneva College Metheny Fieldhouse, March 22nd. Tickets and info at TransparentProductions.com. TransparentProductions.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. We go now to the White House. Greg Clarkson joins us, the SRN News, Salem Radio Network White House correspondent, always with the weekly update. Greg, you're one day late, but still on time for us. Thanks for coming along today. How are you today? Great to be back. Hi, John, Kathy. Always good to talk to you, Greg. So the uh, House of Representatives, now uh, dominated by Democrats, uh, they are going full steam ahead and investigating the president. Absolutely. And we are seeing some pushback already from the White House, not surprisingly, both verbally and also with reports just in the last couple of hours here that the White House is, uh, you know, kind of putting the putting the brakes on some of the requests of documentation that um, not just one, but more than one committee, House committee, uh, is requesting of the White House. Um, for example, they're they're. Um, You've got the you've got the House Judiciary Committee that's looking into sort of the wide-ranging Russia investigation that would sort of mirror what the special counsel Robert Mueller has been investigating for almost two years now. You have some other committees on the Hill that want to uh, get at the president's taxes, his tax forms that he has never publicly released. Also, there are um, lawmakers on the Democratic side who want to find out more information about the security clearance. Uh, paperwork involving Jared Kushner, who, mm-hmm. of course, is the president's son-in-law. So that's just uh, all of this is just unfolding and uh, and launching this week. And so it's it's widespread. And with the House Judiciary Committee on the Russia investigation, letters were sent out to 81 individuals or entities that have links to President Trump, members of his family, his Trump organization, former and current White House officials. It's a very, very long list of dozens of people that uh, uh, they're going to be seeking testimony from. This feels like a feeding frenzy, Greg. I'm sure this is just not happenstance or just by chance. Why now? Why have everything sort of coming to a head? Well, obviously, I mean, sort of, you know, the the short answer and the longer answer. The short answer is this is what Democrats promised that they would do if they got control of the House when they won in the midterm elections. And so it takes a little while to sort of ramp up uh, the procedure and to do everything legally and the paperwork and to have the staff people uh, signed up for for the various uh, committee work. So it does take some time. And in terms of, you know, going forward now and why now, um, we're going to see this. We've seen a couple of these committees this week. Um, in a couple of weeks, apparently, is when the, the formal request from another panel is going to go out on the tax forms uh, or the tax returns, that is, for the president. And what's really interesting, John, is whether or not this is going to be viewed by the American people as overreach by the Democrats. When you look at those 81 letters going out yesterday, for example, uh, is that going to be perceived as uh, as something that is, is, is going too far and is too widespread and is too obvious uh, to some in, in some people's minds that it's really... Um, as the president likes to say, a, a witch hunt and a, a politically motivated 
um, scheme by the Democrats? Or is it going to be something that other people may view as uh, as shining a bright light on a lot of troubling episodes that Republicans, when they were in control, did not investigate? Right. And, and I think that's the whole problem with where we are in America is that we can only see this issue through the prism of our own political perspective. I right, mean, looking right. back on our last impeachment um, with President Bill Clinton, that the number one charge that was leveled against the Ken Starr investigation is that it was overreach, that it was this was about sex and nobody cared about sex. And, you know, half of the Demo- more than half of the Democrat de- Democratic senators never even went and read the letters of impeachment um, because they'd already decided that they weren't going to vote in favor of them because it was about sex. So I wonder if we're going to end up in the exact same place now, only the political parties and their positions are going to be reversed. Well, there certainly are those parallels, and we see the polarization politically. So uh, you're right, Kathy, that scenario could play itself out uh, as the way you said. And the president today, just uh, within the last hour or so, he had a, um, a signing ceremony on a, on a separate matter regarding the, suicide, the, the rate of suicides by U.S. military veterans, but he was asked at the end of that ceremony about all of these investigations, and he spoke for the second time this week on this. And we're going to be seeing this pattern of how the White House responds to this. He said his usual, there's no collusion, this is a hoax, it's a witch hunt. And then he went on to say a couple of other things. He says Democrats are still upset. They're still angry over the result of the 2016 presidential election. And so he sees this as really being sort of political payback. And then he used um, another tactic today by saying, I would much rather see legislation being worked on by members of Congress, whether it's on infrastructure or health care or other issues of importance to the American people, as opposed to these investigations. Now, obviously, if you're the one being investigated, you don't want to see those investigations. So there's self-preservation there on the, on the part of the president. But that will be an argument that we continue to hear coming out of this White House. What about the president hurting his own cause, though, Greg? I mean, when he was involved in in, in cutting off – well, when it was his decision to cut off negotiations uh, in Vietnam last week, uh, he said in a tweet that it had something to do with the Michael Cohen you know, it could I'm not, I don't remember the exact words in the tweet, yes. but the but the overall feeling was that it had something to do with the Michael Cohen hearings. Yeah, he said two things in that tweet. One was he was upset about the timing of the hearings to have it happen when he was overseas on the same day that he was going to be meeting with Chairman Kim of North Korea. But then he went on in that same um, tweet to suggest that that was one reason that he had to walk away and why uh, the, the talks fell apart with the North Koreans hmm. in terms of, of denuclearization because of, of what the Democrats were doing. So he was really saying a couple of things there. Um, some people were sort of scratching their heads on the second uh, point that the president was making, but he certainly had a point there saying that he thought the timing um, it could have been a day or two before or a day or two after, not sure. on the day he was meeting with Chairman Kim. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugson is with us. So, Greg, what do you know about the Mueller investigation? Because there's been rumors and rumors of rumors. That it's going that, to end. Right, that soon something will be released. Right. We uh, A couple of weeks ago we heard it might be before the end of February, and of course now we're here in the first week of March and still nothing. But that doesn't mean that we're not... Uh, we're still not getting close. It's, it's very possible that we could hear something. Um, one thing that's interesting along the, these lines when we're talking about the Robert Mueller investigation is the fact that there is a brand new attorney general now, William Barr. He's in the office at the Justice Department, 
And uh, he, uh, the Justice Department, announced this week that Barr is not going to recuse himself from overseeing the special counsel's Russia probe. And, of course, we know that's exactly why the president was mad from early in his administration with Jeff Sessions, who, as attorney general, did recuse himself from that Russia investigation. And so Barr has said he's not going to recuse himself, and, he's, and of course that's important because he's really going to be the, the person who ultimately decides how much of the report, whenever it is finished, the public gets to see. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, let's talk about the Senate poised to vote with the House um, against the president on the emergency border declaration. Right. So this is uh, we this we had this vote of, you know within the last week or two on the House side um, and the Democrat led House you know voted to uh, voted in opposition of the president's emergency declaration or dec- declaration of national emergency, emergency which he had announced right. And so the question, so now the issue goes to the Senate, and there are now at least four Republicans, the latest being Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, uh, who said that he, they simply cannot go along with the White House on the emergency declaration. And it's not as much um, an issue of them not wanting the U.S. to control borders, which the president, of course, has made a priority, but it's more of a philosophical difference yeah. that these Republicans have in terms of uh, executive authority. They believe that when it comes to the spending of, you know, the allocation of federal money, that's the role, that's the constitutional role belonging to Congress and not to the White House. And they see this move by the president as an end around to get the funding the way he wants mm-hmm. it because Congress didn't vote the way he wanted. Well, that's, well, that's exactly what is happening. It sure is. You know, what's interesting is in today's front page of the New York Times, border at breaking point as over 76,000 migrants cross in a month, the fourth time in, fourth time in five months that the record has been broken. They warned that government facilities were full and that agents were overwhelmed. This is from the New York Times. Right. And so so I guess the question is, there certainly is a problem at the border. I think everyone agrees with that. Uh, where you have you know dividing lines is whether or not the emergency declaration by the president is the right approach. Is, is, is that the correct approach? Is it the constitutional approach? And so uh, that's where you have a lot of people divided on this. Now, even though it looks as if the Senate is going to go along with the House and and vote in opposition to the president's declaration, the president has said and promised that he is going to issue the very first veto of his administration, that he would veto uh, what the House and Senate send him. And uh, it's very unlikely that there are enough votes in the House or the Senate to override that veto. So it looks as if... Um, Congress is not going to be able to stop the president's mm-hmm. emergency declaration, and whether or not it uh, it becomes a, a legal court uh, issue, we'll have to see if the courts intervene on that matter. And I, is there a whiff that you're getting uh, in the press, Greg, about how strongly the administration feels the Trump base um, is reacting to this and how much they will be against him if he doesn't actually come through on that border wall? Right. I, I think there's no question that uh, this president, this, this White House, understands that from a political perspective, with the, the base of supporters, um, this, is, this is a must. And that's why we saw the president um, in, the, in the weeks leading up to, you know, through the government shutdown and then leading up to his emergency declaration, 
Um, we, we saw him spend so much time on this issue because he understands, they understand here, uh, that it is a it is a critical mm-hmm. issue to his his key base of support. So he's he's not going to he's not going to uh, to move on that. And if if he would, it would be very very surprising. So if he doesn't come through on it, it's going to look like uh, a reiteration of uh, George H. W. Bush and read my lips, no new taxes. <laughs> well, he runs that risk, and it's hard to see him moving off of that point and and uh, and moving away from that position, given what he said. With uh, you know the volume and really the ferocity of of how he he dealt with that whole subject matter, so uh, it would be a big surprise if he changed. I see. So, Greg, uh, before we leave this, let's talk about uh, President Trump and uh, visiting the victims of the tornado destruction that happened over the weekend. Right, and we just uh, found out just within the last couple of hours, the president at that uh, earlier event today announced that he's going to be traveling uh, to Alabama on Friday. We don't know the specifics uh, or the details yet, but we, we know based on past presidential visits to uh, to disaster zones like this, he will do a couple of things. He will meet with uh, with local emergency um, responders as well as the the federal. Uh, FEMA officials who are on the ground helping coordinate the federal government response. Uh, he'll survey the, the damage and the destruction, and it's 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 awful from the video and the yeah, pictures sure that terrible. we've all seen. Of course, 23 people um, lost their lives in the tornado, and then he'll be meeting um, most likely with you know some of the survivors. Um, as well as possibly some of the victims' family members as well. So that will be one of those uh, moments, again, where any president is, is put into the situation of, of representing the country and expressing condolences and the, and the sorrow and, and trying to help people patch up their lives after such a traumatic event. Yes. So, Greg, for you yourself in following all these events, locally, nationally, internationally, does your head ever feel like it's exploding? I, that's past tense. It already has exploded, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to pick up my own pieces here. So, Very yeah, good. no, it, you're right. It's uh, it can be head spinning at times, and uh, there are some weeks uh, that is more the more the case than usual. And uh, we're in one of those uh, you know heavy news volume cycles right now. Yes. Well, thanks, friend. We're glad that you're with us on the front lines and uh, making sense for us. Glad to do it. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. More information about Greg and Salem, wordfm.com. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. 
Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year. Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace, but Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call, 724-884-1496, or find them online, marleyfg.com. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Right now there are young people across the world facing a tough choice continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table you can help change their future in a single moment see how far your support can go at unbound.org most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership but not the word fm discount shopping club no in our club you save as much as half that's right 50 percent on gift certificates and items from local restaurants health services and much more all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and i'll see you at the club thank you as we start 2019, we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients, Grove City College. So thanks to everyone at GCC. John and I and everyone here at The Ride Home are grateful for your partnership. Very cold tonight, mainly cloudy with a couple of flurries. We'll have a near 10. Brisk and very cold for tomorrow, feeling like mid-January. Mix of clouds and sun, a couple of flurries with a high only near 20. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 16. Not as harsh for Thursday, but still cold. Partly sunny with a high close to 30. I'm Mackie with a meteorologist, Frank Strait, on 101.5 Word FM. All work, no play. May have made Jack a dull boy. But all work, no guy. Has left Jack with a lost soul. But he's moving on full steam. He's chasing the American dream. He's gonna give his family a finer thing. Casting Crowns headed into Pittsburgh at the PPG Paint this Saturday night. John and I are both gonna be there. Yeah, we are. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Love Casting Crowns, right? We love those guys. Oh my goodness yeah, gracious. We really do. We want you to be there as well. Yeah. And we've got a pair of front row tickets. The only pair of front row tickets left. In the entire blogosphere mm-hmm. or the entire universe those for the two, show. And those two front row tickets include backstage passes as well. Backstage passes. And backstage is fun. Oh, it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've never been backstage? Highly re- Mike, last time you were backstage, you got to have a meal. Heck yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Well, Having dinner with who? With the uh, Newsboys, right? With the, yeah, with the Newsboys. Nice. Uh, Duncan, yeah. the drummer, escorted me back there and said, hey, man, have some... Have all the food you want. Yeah, nice. And I dug it. 
I had, oh my gosh. And you so ate good. really well, didn't you? Oh, it was, it was a blast. And your lovely really wife? Well. Yeah. She ate not. Well, my, my wife, no. She didn't. She didn't. <laughs> she felt like she was overstepping her boundaries. Right. I told my wife this story. I told my wife this story yesterday that Kath and I and you, we're, we're all essentially the same person. We are. That we we've are. been invited backstage and they say, you want to eat? We're like, yeah. give me that plate. You kidding me? You invited me. Our spouses yeah. come with us. They go, you want to eat? They're like, Oh no, uh, we could never. We would never impose ourselves. Seriously, none of our three spouses no. will do this. Yep. So John's wife, my husband, New Mike's wife, we've all married the same person. We did. So we're the same person, and we've all married the same <laughs> what person. Is What's up with that? That? What is up with that? I mean, someone's I offering you a beautiful dinner. There's way too much for them to eat. It's a giant buffet. There's a giant buffet. Why would you not just say yes and thank you? Right. There's like piles of food: steak and chicken and green beans and salad and pasta. And but you name it. All yeah. of our spouses think that we're like. Interlopers, right, right. Yeah. Like we're something wrong with us, yeah. and you know they're being humble or and, holy and or something. I do believe that all of our spouses are nicer people than we are, so maybe they're right. I don't think I so. Don't, yeah, I don't think no, so. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I went back and had some extra butter. Give me another butter tab, yeah. please. Give me some butter there. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to the newsboys. Okay, so this the, the uh, front front uh, row pair tickets. It does not include dinner, but it does include the meet and greet. Yeah, the backstage passes that are a lot of fun, and casting crowns is a wonderful group mm-hmm. i mean this i mean this. we've we've been backstage at a lot of acts yeah they are the real deal they really are yeah very kind very generous okay so um send us an email yeah if you want to be entered into the drawing for these last two front row tickets with the backstage passes we want to hear from you yeah why do you want to do it what's your favorite casting crown song is it is there something particularly meaningful about this band is there somebody you want to bring is there you know a song you've always loved and it changed your life right. or what, i don't know Do you what a casting is. crown story yeah. or whatever just send us an email and we'll choose one person who wins and then you and your guests will go backstage and then you sit in the front row and maybe you and your spouse can have an argument about whether you're going to eat the food or not i'm kidding <laughs> have the meatloaf i'm, I'm telling you it's really good the email is contests and that's plural contests at john and kathy I'll say it again. That's contests at John and, that's the word and, johnandkathyshow.com. That's easy. Okay. Uh, so the show's Saturday. Do this by tomorrow because we're going to give the tickets away on the show, the end of the show tomorrow. That's right. All so right? you got to get on this. So if you really want to go and sit in the front row, and why wouldn't you? We need to hear from you. Contests at johnandkathyshow.com. Very nice. Casting crowns Saturday evening at the PPG Paint. Okay, in a few minutes, uh, my grandmother's smile just changed your life. Amy Simpson will tell us about that next. 101.5 WORD. For generations, the rich language and gorgeous imagery in the Song of Solomon have inspired poets and songwriters alike. But beyond the human fairy tale, there's a deeper, more significant meaning. It's a story of a saving relationship between Jesus and you and me. Find out more when you hop aboard the Bible bus this week as we conclude Dr. McGee's beloved study in this magnificent section of God's Word. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. 
If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for their annual Albright Deering Lecture with theologian Junius B. Dotson on Thursday, March 21st. Reverend Dotson's lecture, titled Engaging Your Community, will begin at 10 a.m., followed by a chapel service and community lunch. All are welcome to attend these free events. Registration is required to attend the luncheon. Learn more at pts.edu. That's pts.edu. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. At Bistro to Go on the north side, Mardi Gras happens every day. And they're busy coming up with simply delicious creations to help you celebrate with a little soul food flair. From chipotle salmon and Cajun chicken to savory Norland shrimp and crab gumbo. Available today and every day with catering from 1 to 1,000. Laissez le bon temps rouler with Bistro to Go on the north side. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. Well, start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Amy Simpson's with us. She's a regular on our show. She's the acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing, also the author of Blessed are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World and Troubled Minds, Mental Illness and the Church's Mission. She's got an excellent blog, Amy does, and she wrote a piece called My Grandma's Smile Just Changed Your Life. Amy, how are things? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for being with us as always. Thank you for having me. Amy, did you know your grandma? I did, yes. I, I had the privilege of knowing her um, actually until um, into my early adult years. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, now um, that she's passed away, you have photographs that remind you of her? Yeah, actually a bunch of photographs of her and of her family and um, my dad, who was obviously her son. Um, when my grandma passed away, she left behind a lot of pictures, and my brother spent a summer scanning in all of these photographs and then shared them with all of us. So we all have this wonderful collection of photos from, you know, going back, the oldest ones going back to the turn of the 20th century and then all through, kind of all throughout the 20th century documenting 
her life and the and the lives of people in her family and and people she loves. So it's actually really cool to have those pictures and you know to have them on my computer so I can I can print them or you know put them on my blog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and enjoy this like you know kind of record of their lives. So what does it mean then um, when you look back at those photographs you said in your article that you have them hanging on your wall in your house and so your kids get to see them and your husband gets to see them? Um, why are they there? Why is that important to you? It's important to me because they're, you know, I recognize that these people, and this is what I have hanging on my wall is just a small sampling, you know, of a little collage of some of these photos. And I recognize that these people and their stories that are represented in these photos are part of my story, even though some of them I, I have never met. I knew my grandma. Um, my grandpa died when I was about six years old, so I just have very dim memories of him. And then everybody else who came before them, I didn't know. So there are a lot of, of these people in these photographs who I didn't know. They never met me, and yet their lives and the things they did and the choices they made has a huge impact on me and now my family, um, even though they never could have predicted, you know, who we would be or what our lives would be like. So I enjoy appreciating that and and honoring that because there is, for me, there is a real heritage of faith that's represented in those pictures as well. You know, uh, like you, Amy, I I go back and look at photographs of our family, and I always try to, you know, sort of find the hidden things. And maybe that's just me trying to, you know, play, you know, photo detective when things don't exist. But you've got an article or you've got a story and a photo with the article that that I absolutely love. You say the the bottom of the photo is written 1934 corn crop. So, So tell us the story in that photo. Yeah, and the cool thing is I never knew this story until I saw this photograph, actually. This wasn't part of, you know, family lore that was passed on. It was just something that we learned about when we saw the, this picture. And there were a few other pictures that, that went with it. Um, you know, my my grandma and grandpa lived on a farm. They were, they were farmers. They farmed the family farm, and my dad grew up on that farm. And so, you know, they were farmers during the Dust Bowl, during the Depression. And this picture at the bottom that says 1934 corn crop, it shows my grandma sitting on the front porch of their farmhouse, and she's got about 10 ears of corn that she's that she's shucking. You know, she's pulling the outside um, husk and, and silk and everything off the corn yes. so the corn can be used. And that label on the picture, 1934 corn crop, literally represents... They, they, their entire crop. Those 10 ears of corn were their entire crop that year. Out of all their fields of corn, that's all they got. Wow. And the cool thing about this photo is, I mean, obviously that's, that's an interesting piece of history, right? But this, it's also, it's tragic. It re- represents great trouble, and it represents a crisis in their lives. But the cool thing is that my grandma has a smile on her face <laughs> in that picture. Yeah, she's she's laughing because it was it was funny. Right. <laughs> you know, I guess maybe it was one of those situations where you can either laugh or cry, right? right? And she and she chose to laugh. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, um, my wife's parents they were farmers in Missouri, and so 
a couple of years ago, my wife's mom passed away, her dad passed away, and then we went out to the family farm. And my wife became the sort of the curator, like, you know, in your family, of the thousands and thousands and thousands, literally, of photographs, I'm sure over 60 or 70 years that were taken. And my wife, she could identify, you know, the younger versions of her grandparents and aunts and uncles and whatnot. But there are many people in those photographs that are anonymous, you know, and those people are lost to time. And so, and I often wonder, that my wife, as she holds these sto- holds these photos and tells the stories like you do, what happens when she passes? And our sons are now the curators of those photos. They don't know those people. Those stories are long gone, and people just you know drift into the dust of history, and the stories are no longer told. That, that kind of breaks my heart that there's not that sort of family archivist who will be here always to tell the stories of those who brought us forward. Yeah, and the interesting thing is when we when we learn those stories, because it's you know it's a matter of curiosity to understand these people and their lives, but it also it can be, I think, extremely powerful because it helps us understand ourselves. Yes. You know, these people and their lives, whether or not they were conscious or aware of, of us or the impact they might have on us, they did. They, they had a huge hand in shaping us. And the people who came before them, you know, had a huge hand in shaping them and, and thus us as well. So when we understand a little bit about our family histories and some of the things they went through and the ways they chose to respond to their circumstances, I think we, we can gain a lot of insight into ourselves um, why we think the way we do, you know, wh- certainly why we believe as we do, and often why we respond to circumstances the way we do. And we can be inspired, I think, often to make um, better choices, choices that will have a more positive impact on the world when we, when we recognize not only that another way is possible, but also that those choices we make will impact people who come after us, right. whether or not we're thinking about them. And that's, in many ways, you know, the allure of heaven in, in one in one sense, in that, you know, whenever I pass, I really look forward to seeing my grandma. You know, I want to hear her stories again, and I want to look in her smiling eyes and hear her laughter. You know, the promise of that. And, of course, you know, these, these stories and these photographs, that will be you someday, you know, for your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. They'll talk about Grandma Amy and what she used to do in life and, you know, the time on the radio and her books and all that. They've got a little piece of that, but not the full picture. Yeah, that's true. And yet the, the full picture will in some ways work itself out in them, right? Because, you know, it's not always true that we directly... Um, that you know, we directly pass on everything. We certainly don't, and we have the opportunity to change the trajectory in our families, and you know, for better or worse. But we really do pass along so much of who we are, and and the more uh, science is discovering about uh, the power of genetics, I think the more we're realizing this. This is so true, even in our DNA. You know, what we pass on. Uh, helps to determine a lot of factors for the the people who come after us, what they will what they will live with and what they will struggle with and how they will respond to their circumstances. So I think it's it can be sobering to realize that, you know, these people we're we're looking at from the future in a sense, you know, that like you said, someday there will be people who will do that with us. And yes. and and whether or not we are conscious of of trying to leave uh the world better because we were in it or 
um, you know, to set an example that they can follow, um, we will have an impact on them. Amen. There's no way out of that. So, you know, our lives do matter. I think one of the important things for me is, in terms of takeaway is that my life does matter not only to the people I interact with here and now, not only the people around me or the family I live with right now, but the people I will never meet. You know, I will never have the opportunity to directly influence, and yet the way I live will matter to them. That's a great thought, really good thought. Yeah, chalk that up to one of the mysteries and beauties of what it is to be alive. Amy Simpson online, amysimpson.com. She is the author of Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Compassion International presents Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour. With very special guest, Zach Williams and Austin French. Casting Crowns. Performing songs from their brand new album, Only Jesus, along with many of your favorite Casting Crowns hits. Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour. With very special guests, Zach Williams and Austin French. Live at PPG Paints Arena, 7 p.m. Saturday, March 9th. Less than 2,000 seats remain at ppgpaintsarena.com. From breathtaking landscapes of America's national parks to powerful images of Pittsburgh's bridges and landmarks, the show stops works of photographer Howard J. Blickfelt adorn the homes of Franklin Graham, Rick Warren, John MacArthur, and others. Now you can own one of these remarkable pieces, including his special line of scripture-based inspirationals for an exclusive discount just for mentioning this station. Howard J. Blickfelt of Blickfelt Photography, on display now at the Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. Order direct at hjbpix.com. There's the job you have and the job you deserve, one that rewards your talent, your education, your goals. One that values loyalty and hard work. One that makes you feel like you're making a difference for yourself, your family, your world. Find it Thursday, March 28th at the Word FM Job Fair, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree, where high-caliber companies find high-caliber candidates like you. There's no harm in looking, and it's free to attend. The Word FM Job Fair, presented by Salem Media Group. Details at wordfm.com slash jobfair.
Non-believers in Portland, Oregon are feeling affirmed this week after the city council amended the Civil Rights Code to extend protection from discrimination to atheists, agnostics, and other people who claim no religion. Now, wouldn't, why is that new? I mean, weren't they, I mean, wasn't it always? Well, the president, You're not allowed to, discri- to discriminate. Why? Well, you know those, those people, uh, the Freedom of Religion Foundation. Right, so they had to detail that these people were specifically not not targets of discrimination. Right. That was implied before, I would think. Cheryl Colby, who is the president of the Portland area chapter of the Freedom of Religion Foundation, says, quote, what it is is validating because my city thinks that I am of the same value as any other individual, and it isn't okay for somebody to discriminate against me or anybody like me. All right. Now, listen. Come on. (sighs) We are so precious. The Portland City Code has already prohibited discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodation on the basis of race, religion, gender, and national origin. However... Race, religion. Religion is already mentioned in that. Well, she's an atheist, so she doesn't hold any religion. Well, that's still a religion. You don't have one, so it's no religion. She says this, Cheryl Colby says, religion was not clearly defined. Even though it had the word religion in it. So a year ago, she began advocating for a new revision. The idea, Mm -hmm. she said, was prompted by the Madison, Wisconsin City Council, Mm -hmm. which in 2015 became the first city to ban discrimination against atheism. Now Portland is the second city. I always thought Portland would be a good place to try it because we're one of the least religiously affiliated cities in the world. However... I still feel discriminated against. She does not say that. Yes. Why is she discriminated against? I, who knows? Because they're because she's thinking so much about doodles. her discrimination. I mean, it's she's living in one of the least religious cities in the country. She is an atheist, and still somehow right. you find a bone to pick with someone. And so, what How? is this? What is the end result of this? The end result is that none of us are able to identify actual discrimination when it happens. Discrimination, quote, she says this, Cheryl Colby says, discrimination against atheists, agnostics, and non-believers really does exist. We're not asking for special privileges. We just want to be validated You're not and even accepted allowed in the city. to ask about religion at a job interview. So how in the world are they being discriminated against when no one's even allowed to ask them? Unless you stand on a street corner and go, I don't know Believe God. in anything, then what... What? How would anyone know or care? Or so, and how, so how can anyone be discriminating against you? I don't know. Because everyone, like you said, is so precious. Very, very precious. We like, we're just all so sensitive that we times. need to be affirmed in our narcissism at all times. Speaking of narcissism. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of narcissism, saw an article in The, uh, the Guardian. <laughs> okay. So it's hard to sort of catch up with all the different sexual identities that are now taking mm, place, it is. right? It's a full-time job. Right. There's all these different all. variations. Now there's something called, which I, maybe this this has been a thing for a while, but I'm new to this, the <laughs> the autosexual, oh. which is that people are sexually attracted to themselves. <laughs> I'm autosexual, right? Because, you know, when you look in the mirror and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, mister. You have got it going on. I dig you. Now it's a thing. Okay. Now <laughs> right? it's, been, it's been named. Right. Uh-huh. All right. So, this so there's is- an interview with someone who identifies as autosexual. I'm afraid to even ask you questions about it. So it's, a, it's an interview type um, exchange here in the, in the Guardian. 
And uh, one of the things is, the, the person says, I mean, I get <laughs> butterflies. I get butterflies in my stomach when I think about me. I get butterflies in my... Who's that pretty girl in the mirror over there? I mean, what the heck? So if you're... What? Now, autosexual. Now, there'll be a discrimination thing against people who are autosexual because now they're feeling marginalized as well. Right, because I called them narcissists. Everyone's got a voice. Everyone has a stand. Everyone... It's a great country. It really is. But it's just hard to sort of hold it all together. Yeah, and I'm not sure sure how much more self-centered we could possibly become. Oh, I think there's a lot more to go. I blame it all on our phones. Truly. It's all our phones. It's not all our phones. Well, I think it's part of it. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The National Weather Service has confirmed at least 20 tornadoes struck across the southeast during a deadly weekend outbreak. The storm systems crossing the region Sunday spun off tornadoes in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. Opelika Fire Chief Byron Prather says responders continue to look for possible tornado victims. We are still uh, conducting some searches in the area, sifting through piles of debris uh, where there may be um, uh, people or animals or such as that there. So we haven't given up hope. We're still searching. The most powerful twister was an EF4 tornado packing 170-mile-an-hour winds. It's been blamed for at least 23 deaths in Lee County, Alabama. President Trump says it's been a rough few days for residents in Alabama and the surrounding areas. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 13 points. The Nasdaq dropped two. The S&P lower by three. Oil down to 56.56 a barrel. This is SRN News. At Bistro to Go on the North Side, Mardi Gras happens every day. And they're busy coming up with simply delicious creations to help you celebrate with a little soul food flair. From chipotle salmon and Cajun chicken to savory Norland shrimp and crab gumbo. Available today and every day with catering from 1 to 1,000. Laissez le bon temps rouler with Bistro to Go on the North Side. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800 518 4020. That's 800 518 4020. 
Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 9 to 4, Friday, March 15th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, Heffron Tillotson's Kim Fleming, the Pittsburgh Promises Celine Gabriel, and a panel of expert guests who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 15th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping, and I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Very cold tonight, mainly cloudy with a couple of flurries. We'll have a low near 10. Brisk and very cold for tomorrow, feeling like mid-January. Mix of clouds and sun, a couple of flurries with a high only near 20. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 16. Not as harsh for Thursday, but still cold. Partly sunny with a high close to 30. I'm Mackie with a meteorologist, Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for being with us. The uh, Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. This is Fat Tuesday. Yes, it is. Mardi Gras. Isn't there like a... Do you do a, a pretzel? Isn't there like a Mardi Gras pretzel or something like that? No, a punchki. I thought there was a pretzel. There's we had neighbors. Cake. We had neighbors one year who gave me uh, like a pretzel that had something hidden, like a little baby doll. The king cake oh, it usually okay. has something in it. that's what it was. It's not a pretzel. No, pretzel, it's sweet. Pretzel New Year's. Punchki. Punchki is the Polish like donut type of thing that people always eat on Wait, it's Polish? Punchki, yeah. In Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that ever got associated with Mardi Gras because, you know, obviously Spanish and French are the main two um, ethnicities that contributed to New Orleans. But there's a baby doll in there. Plus Creole. The, I don't know. The king cake has weird stuff in it. Okay. Because one time I was, yeah, you go but find Punchki the baby doesn't doll. have weird stuff in it. Punchki just has, you know, delicious things in it like custard mm-hmm. or jelly nice. or prunes, which is, I think it's really sad and disgusting but apparently it, people like it is it a giant donut uh-huh i see it's like a cream-filled donut it's either got uh most of them have uh frosting on the top of they're right. big thick yeah it's like a it's that's what i always think mm-hmm. of when i think of fat tuesday can you imagine what bourbon street looks like now i can't imagine it actually because i spent a significant amount of time in new orleans what wait tell me oh, wait you were you it at mardi gras never on purpose. Yeah, yeah. That'd be on rough. purpose. I went to uh, New Orleans several times. I, my husband and I went there on our anniversary um, because we both love music. We especially love jazz. Um, and so we kind of wanted to get immersed in that scene. How was it? Um, 
it was a little disappointing. Oh. Yeah. Because I'll be with you. the music scene wasn't well, up to par or what? A lot of, it's like any place. When you are a tourist in a place, you can't find the real place the first time. Mm-hmm. You can't find the real place. Sometimes you can't find the real place the second or third or fourth time. You know is what I there mean? A real kind of, place? There is a real place. Of actual, Still. yeah. Of act, well, I haven't been there in a decade. Okay. So I can't tell you. But, but you did eventually find mm-hmm. the real music scene did. in New Orleans. We did. But it took a lot of asking and a lot of, you know. So when we, when we went the first time, we heard a lot of stuff that you would kind of expect that, to be honest with you, I didn't think was all that great mm-hmm. musically. Preservation Hall is absolutely worth going to every single time. It's terrific. But beyond that, you know, when people hear how much I love New Orleans, I often get a response, you know, how dare you? Why? How could you? Because that place is evil. Oh. And the place is, is evil, but so is Pittsburgh. What do you mean? I mean, all well, sorts of places are evil. It's the world and all that's in it. What are you talking New about? New Orleans is particularly dark how, in some places. What does places. it feel like? What are you saying? It feels spiritually oppressive. Really? I know someone who lives there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them for a long time, but I wonder about that. Yeah, it feels spiritually, spiritually oppressive. oppressive. Uh, Bourbon Street is an absolute pit. Well, it's fueled by the drunkenness of right, crazy people. It is, people, and prostitution right? and every other yeah. type of occultism. Blackness. It's horrible. It's horrible. The, if you lo- the reason that I love New Orleans is I love the music. I love the history. I love the architecture. Also food. And I love the art, and the food is outrageously awesome. Mm-hmm. It is so terrific. And it's beautiful. New Orleans is a beautiful place. But you have to acknowledge how nasty. You just have to. It's mm-hmm, nasty. Mm-hmm. But you can't be controlled by that. You know, you have to recognize that there's a bigger city there and there's a lot more history and a lot more interest there. A beautiful art scene, um, visual art. Hmm. I mean, you'd love it. Have you ever been there? No, never. Oh, my gosh. Never. It's one of those places where, you know, you, what you're saying, it feels black and I, I just feel like, you know, alcohol soaked. And so I've had my own thing there. So I, why do I have to go there? Right. That's all. And, you know, the after the first day we went and we walked up and on Bourbon Street, we thought, well, you know, I don't think we ever need to do this again. <laughs> ever. I don't think right, right. you ever need. Uh, one of the things that we found out after a couple other times that we went is that the people who live, a lot of people who live in New Orleans or who, I should say this, who operate businesses in New Orleans, mm-hmm. because we were talking to shop owners or restaurant owners or whatever, they board up and leave. During, during Mardi, Mardi Gras, Gras. Because it's just it's too made, crazy. I'm sure. It's just absolutely, right. you know, they want to preserve their you know, place of business. Um, but there are a lot of people who live in New Orleans. Um, everyone who lives in New Orleans, Mardi Gras is the biggest event of the year. Sure. So I, I have it's a good cash I, cow. Right. I had a good friend who uh, was born and raised in New Orleans, and both of her parents were born and raised in New Orleans. And so the crew that they were a part of was just an essential part of life. Excellent. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would never want to go there during Mardi Gras. I just have to no, tell you. No, thank you. No, no. So, you know, t- so today is Fat Tuesday. Tomorrow, of course, is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, always the question for Lent for a lot of people, you know, so inclined. What are you giving up for Lent, right? Um, some people choose, you know, a lot of Christians look at Lent, the Lenten season and go, that's not, you know, my faith tradition or I don't follow le- the Lenten season at all. Others are deeply invested in this. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to see people walking around on Ash Wednesday with ashes on the forehead. It, uh, yeah, because you, you feel like, wow, there are people who actually observe something, an ancient ritual that's important to them. Yes. In many ways, it's a public yeah. proclamation I of agree. their faith. And so that's a powerful sign to me. Mm-hmm. I like that an awful lot. All right. So there's an interesting... Um, piece in Christianity Today about what people are giving up for Lent Mm -hmm. based on how people are tweeting about it. 
Yes. Yeah. So you and I are on Twitter a lot of the time. Right, right, right. And it's um, a cesspool. Let's be honest. If we're talking about Bourbon Twitter? Street being bad, I'll tell you, Twitter's worse. Um, Less time you spend there, I think they're healthy. Yeah. However, it is interesting when you're looking at trends about what people are talking about, right. what they're thinking about giving up. So the, the CT staff uh, have been looking at the most popular categories for abstention, the mm-hmm. things that people are looking to give up. Yes. Right? And uh, do you have like the top three? Because I can, I, so I can f- imagine what they are. So food. Is Food. heads the list. Really? I'm surprised by that. So people are going to give up sugar or they're going to give hmm. up chocolate or they're going to give up meat or you know something that okay. is food related or right. I would say drink related. Right. So the standards, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to give up food or drink. Right. Food is number one. Number two, um, technology. I thought that was number one. Technology. I'm right, gonna, so people are saying I'm going to be off Twitter. Right. I'm going to delete Twitter from my my phone, mm-hmm. and I'm going to you know. Or, I'm not going to be on Instagram. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm right. going to try to you know use my phone only one hour a day, which I think is extremely healthy considering right. where we are. Number three, smoking and drinking alcohol are tied. That's the top of the list. That's the top of the list. Smoking and mm-hmm. drinking. That's a vice. Right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a general catch-all um, for for Lent in that I try to lose. All manner of vice. Oh. Vice. Okay. The wickedness of my soul, mm-hmm. right? The blackness of who I am. Can I turn from that and not engage in any way, shape, or form? Of course, that'd be a, a resounding no, but I'm efforting. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Did you know, and of course, this would not surprise you, the Catholics remain the most likely to observe Lent. Of course. Two out of three of them are fasting from a favorite food or beverage mm-hmm. for that amount of time. And the are Lutheran brothers and, and sisters far behind? Well, it uh, it just says that Hispanics are the most likely ethnic group to well, they're largely observe Catholic. Lent, right? Um, are more likely than whites to abstain from a favorite activity or a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, only one in four Americans even observe Lent. So really? that's about 24%. I'm surprised yeah. by that. I thought it would be a little higher. No, it's okay, not. Okay, so 24% of the population. Not so bad. Well, a lot of Protestantism frowns on the giving up of something. Yeah, Richard Mao was going to join us tomorrow to talk specifically about that. Yeah, and I think that that's just an anti-Catholic reaction. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, wait, I mean, don't you think it's the the the, um, the the denial of something is is necessary? Yes. To draw closer? Yes, I think uh, it is. But I'm saying that I grew up in a Protestant tradition that had absolutely no consideration whatsoever for Lent. Nothing, not one observation. Really? Really? I mean, there was we never went. We didn't have an Ash Wednesday service because that was considered Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and only part of my family was Catholic. Um, there was no, there was no nothing. Connection. No, there was no connection at all. Did you ever go to the Stations of the Cross? No, that's very Lenten that's as very, well. It's very Catholic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, I'm in a different place now as far as how I see and understand those sorts of things, and right. so I think that I've missed out on a lot mm-hmm. by not observing Lent or going to the Stations of the Cross and all the. But I, but I think that a lot of America's probably where I was, which is that if you're Protestant, you say, well, no, no, it's a Catholic thing, right? And so I think that contributes to only one in four Americans That's observing Lent. Because I, I do believe, like you're saying, that there is a certain uh, a power there, right? I, I want to deny, deny myself. Yeah. I want to draw closer. And I love the six-week season of Lent, mm-hmm. that, that march forward in the church calendar that draws us to Holy Thursday and Good Friday and, of course, Easter Sunday. We need that. Okay. I have some actual numbers I want to share with you. Okay. Numbers okay. about so Lent? C, no, well, CT has listed the top 100 things that Twitter gave up for Lent. 
One hundred things. This is based on six, Twitter. The first six thousand tweets, okay, that people tweeted about Lent. Okay, all right. Okay, now we already put them into big categories. So the big categories are food, alcohol, uh, technology, right? But these are actually much more specific than that. Okay. okay? So I just want to highlight a couple for you right. um, because I think it's illustrative and amusing. Good. Okay, so um, I'll just start at the end. Now, this is what people are giving up. Yes. Whether they are Catholic or whatever. Going out. Going that's out. That's number 98. Go, that's pretty vague. You I mean think, like, I feel like on a the, date or I don't know. just going outside? Okay. Single-use plastic. Okay. Okay. Right. That's good. Uh, sleep. What? You would deny yourself sleep? Look, I'm telling you. That's what I'm reading. It's hard enough. Uh, her. <laughs> uh, for all the jilted among us. Pasta. Come on. Now, I'm reading what's there. Going to give a pasta. Lying. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Depression. Mm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Oxygen. Ten people actually tweeted that they're giving up oxygen. That's the number 69 answer. What are they? Uh, Homework. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a wise choice. Fried food. Okay. That's that's wise. Him. (laughs) You may expect if it's a her. her and him. Okay. Maybe they'll give up fried food and uh, oxygen and then meet in the middle. Okay, 50. This is the 50, 50th most possible answer, most uh, popular answer. Christianity. What? They're giving People up? People are giving it up. Oh, please. People no, that's just someone up. being a nudge. Uh, Starbucks. Mm. Donald Trump. Listen, I think that could be a wise choice for people to just give up talking about it. Politics or – yes. Because right, he's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. the most important person in the world, let alone your world. Many people have made him their most important person. Cheese. Right? Mm, that's hard. Booze. Mm-hmm. Religion. Okay. Carbs. Very good. That's healthy as well. Catholicism. I'm giving up. Right. So what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to become Jewish or Maybe. you're going to become Protestant? Or, or non-denom. Or Hindu or what? Uh Giving up things. I'm going to give up giving up things yes. for Lent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you did. I was did. Was it two years ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You gave up giving up and yes. said you added something, I did. which was difficult. Right. Which was very hard for me. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be easier and it wasn't. You, and so then halfway in, I was upset. You gave you you decided to exercise mm-hmm. as a- Every day. Every day of Lent. Would you call it a penance? Well, I felt like it was something that I needed mm-hmm. because I wasn't- I was if I I was trying to lose weight, and I thought I shouldn't be looking at it that way. I should be celebrating the fact that my body works, and so I need to do this every day I see. as a discipline. Well, and, you've achieved the, the goal. Yeah, well, I hated uh, it though. It was sort of different. Um, Brexit. <laughs> Fifty-eight people tweeted that they were giving up Brexit. Okay, good. Okay, you ready for the uh, top ten? Yes, please. Okay, Brexit is number ten. Number nine, sweets. Number eight, sex. Number seven, coffee. Number six, Lent. Mm, I'm giving up Lent for Lent. I'm giving up Lent for Lent. 91 people actually did that. Meat. Mm, Number four, chocolate. Number three, alcohol. Mm -hmm. Number two, Twitter. And the number one thing, social networking. Very good. That's very healthy. Give up social networking. I think it would be a good time. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be a good thing. Trevor Williams, you know, the pirate pitcher. Funny, funny guy. And he always gives up uh, Twitter for Lent, and that mm-hmm. makes me sad because yeah. he's very amusing. Because especially because he's at spring training. But yeah. good for him. Six weeks. Okay, so by the time Lent is over, Major League Baseball will be underway. Mm-hmm. And then he'll come back with a flourish, will he not? All right. It's a good pitching staff, John, I'm telling you. Mm, it's a so. good pitching staff. Right, I'm not sure if we have anyone who's going to be able to hit the ball, but I think we have a good pitch. 
Who's going to be the fifth pitcher? I don't know. I'll be there opening day, though, as I always am. Good, bad, or Hope otherwise. Hope Springs Eternal. Mike, hey. Mike, how many shows did John get on and say, listen, I hate the Pirates. It's all over. No, no, they don't no. do it. I just feel jilted and spurred. But, uh, you know, it's a tr- family tradition. It's become my tradition. Of I course. think it's great. Thank you. I'm I appreciate I'm honoring your optimism. Thank you. Because uh, it's spring training. So Good. Hope Springs Eternal. Great. Anyway, we'll take, uh, take a break. Come back. Os Guinness is with us. A longtime friend of our, our show. Uh, we're going to talk about the geography of partisan prejudice. Mm. It's next. 101.5 Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today. Affluenza is the desire to acquire gone haywire. Okay? It's absolutely haywire. This week, Rick Iglesias, Life Stage Pastor and Director of Ministries at Orchard Hill, considers the lessons to be learned from the parables of Jesus as he looks at the parable of the rich fool in a series entitled Stories Jesus Told. Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Do you know where your mattress came from? If your mattress is from the original mattress factory, you can rest easy knowing that your mattress was hand-built right here in Pittsburgh. And every original Mattress Factory mattress features American-made materials, from our supportive inner springs to cotton padding to our shock-absorbing box springs. You can even stop by our factory to take a tour and see our team make your mattress. Can the other guys say that? That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit us at OriginalMattress.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education? One that fosters curiosity, builds confidence, and cultivates a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. Congratulations! Your new Wix website has gone live. Now, if only you can master all the tips and tricks to really make it sing. Your Wix design expert, Ruth Ann Bowen, invites you to a special Wix workshop Saturday, March 23rd in Gibsonia, 10 to 1 at the Northern Tier Library in the Richland Center. Learn how to elevate your design, write quality content, boost your SEO, plus easy editor hacks to simplify your life. A small investment with big returns for your online presence. Reserve your ticket now at thebowenagency.com. Os Guinness was with us. Os is an author and social critic. He is the great, great, great grandson of Arthur Guinness, the Dublin brewer. Os Guinness was born in China in World War II, where his parents were medical missionaries. Os has written or edited more than 30 books. His latest book is called... The Call for Truth. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Last Call for Liberty. Right. Os, forgive us. Uh, you're such a prolific writer, it's often hard to keep up. But thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oz, in your latest book, you say that uh, we're no longer in a situation in America where we're doing politics as usual, but we're in an era of political warfare where our enemies aren't foreign adversaries, but instead our fellow citizens. Talk about it. 
Well, there's no question that America is as deeply divided as at any time since just before the Civil War. So the question is, why? It's not just another round of the culture wars. Some people say it's the coastals against the heartlanders. Others say it's the nationalists against the globalists. But I argue in this book, it's actually those who understand America and the republic in the perspective of the American Revolution and those who understand America and the Republic and freedom from the perspective of the mm-hmm. French Revolution. And that's the deepest division and a very faithful one because they lead in entirely different directions. I see. So, also, what does that look like then from the two sides, from the from those who adhere to American Revolution versus those who look at French Revolution? And maybe people who are looking at this aren't even aware of the side that they carry. Well, the American Revolution was largely, although not totally biblical because of the impact of the Reformation. And the French Revolution was far more secular and anti-religious. I see. It was utopian, not realistic, and had many, many differences. And they come out. You look at things like political correctness, um, identity politics, the rage for socialism currently, the sexual revolution, which you're mentioning. All of them go back to the French Revolution, not to the American Revolution. And they come out in very, very different places. Now, from my perspective, and I know that this is reductionistic, but when I think about the American Revolution, I think about the French Revolution, I think that I I see the American Revolution is based on ideals and convictions, and I see the French Revolution is based on emotion and reaction. Am I wrong about that? Well, no, the French had a lot of ideas, too, but I think they were the wrong ideas coming from the French Enlightenment. Now, as I said, you look at the American Revolution, you have separation of powers, checks and balances. Why? Because of the realism over sin and human nature. But the French Revolution was utopian. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, man is born free, but everywhere is in chains. Remove the repressions and we'll all be happy and fulfilled. And you, you read, say, Wilhelm Reich, who was the man who gave us the term the sexual revolution. He takes that up and he says, you know, remove all the oppressions, teach sex education three and four years old. And then if we all have, he actually says this, four or five orgasms a week, we'll all be happy, free and fulfilled. It's utopian nonsense Mm -hmm. and very dangerous. When you look back at the American Revolution, Oz, and you're not an American, so you're seeing us from a different angle than, say, John and Mike and I are, um, do you feel like we don't understand the principles of it today as contemporary Americans, or we don't appreciate the fundamentals? Well, I think it's the former. And put it like this, I mentioned 1850s and 60s. The difference is that Lincoln addressed the evil slavery, in the light of what he called the better angels of mm-hmm. the American nature. No one's doing that today. So the president, bless his heart, talks about make America great again, but he never raises what made it great in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there's literally no one looking at the current problems, take, say, the wall, sanctuary cities, immigration, in the light of the American republic and the better angels. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, Oz, as I said, someone who's not American, um, you feel like what we are – how have we gotten to this point? Is it laziness? Is it a lack of appreciation of fundamentals in general? Is it just uh, moral laxity in our own lives? Well, all of the above, but there's a specific attempt to replace the American Revolution. You know, in 
1968, Rudi Deutschke, who was summarizing a lot of arguments from others, called for a long march through the institutions. You know, that was Mao Zedong's term. In other words, when the colleges, universities, the press, the media, and when the world of entertainment and Hollywood, in other words, all the ideas institutions, and you eventually win America. Fifty years later, they've done it. And we've been asleep while much of this has been happening. The tragedy for the church, this is the one country where Christians are a huge majority, but relatively uninfluential. Hmm. And tiny groups, good groups like our Jewish friends, 2% of America, but they punch well above their weight. And groups with whom we have differences, like the LGBT groups. You know, they're only 2% of America, but again, they punch well above their weight, and we who are huge majority, are not salt and light-bearing at a crucial time. Salt and light-bearing, because we're so disparate in how we look at the Gospels and how Jesus Christ is in our lives? Well, all that too, but in many ways we've been shaped by, you know, the pressures of our modern world more than we're shaped by the Gospel. I wonder, Oz, if it's that we have been asleep, as you said, or Perhaps it's also the fact that we, and I I put myself in this category, is that oftentimes it's hard to understand what freedom means and how it's implemented um, when, you know, none of us want a theocracy. None of us want Christianity as some kind of state religion. Um, At least I can say I don't want that. Um, And I know from your writing, of course, you don't want that either, Oz. But but Mike, it's often hard to figure out how Christianity plays, how different belief systems can play, how we have a secular government um, that is informed by religion, but not adhering to a particular. Now, I've written on that earlier in the Global Public Square and other books, but, you know, the separation of church and state separates faith and public life institutionally, but it doesn't separate ideas from public life. And that's a huge difference. Right. Otherwise, you have a naked public square where it's, com- it's right. cleansed completely of all faith, and that is absolutely disastrous. Right, but oftentimes, as someone who's a believer, and I've been a believer my whole life, I still have a hard time he- you know, hearing about particular issues that come up in public discourse. It's, it's, it takes a lot of thought to figure out how we can be a fair society that does not impose religion on other people while still being honest and adhering to our personal, particular faith? Well, we're never in the business of just imposing it as in the Bible. And that was the problem, say, at the Prohibition Movement. But we are in the business of arguing persuasively, not coercively, persuasively, for ideas that are the interests of justice and freedom and human dignity for everybody. Hmm. Now, you mentioned the word theocracy. Unfortunately, that word came in from a Jewish writer, Josephus. And he was trying to say that the Old Testament, Exodus and Deuteronomy and so on, was not a Greek-style monarchy, aristocracy, democracy. And so he picked up a new word, theocracy, Mm. which is very unfortunate. And the Jews today say that's actually wrong. The Old Testament was not a theocracy, the direct rule of the Lord. It was a nomocracy, because the people sign on. Three times it says in Exodus, all that the Lord says, we will do. One scholar calls that an almost democracy. 
Oskinis is with us. His new work is called Last Call for Liberty. Os, in Last Call for Liberty, you argue, rightly, I believe, that America today is really two nations with incompatible views of fundamental ideas. And then you look at a, a, a new, younger generation, which is surprising, I think, to anyone over a certain age, that all of a sudden we're talking about socialism in concrete terms, as if this, in fact, is going to come our way at some point. Can you talk about that? Well, that's the current rage for socialism, AOC, and many of the candidates are running for the Democratic Party leadership and so on. And, you know, traditionally, Americanism, the American dream, was considered a surrogate, a substitute, the alternative to socialism. And socialism was unthinkable. But you can see today there are three simple factors. A rampant individualism, gross inequalities, economic and certain injustices. And when you put those three eyes together, they create a toxic situation. And as Thomas Hobbes predicted, you see in the Old Testament, people then long for protection from a centralized power, the government. And the trouble is when you lean on the government to do that, which socialism does, it becomes oppressive and then corrupt. And you have the cycle that goes on all over again. And most of the socialist examples in the last century, almost all of them, were a disaster. And if Americans only knew history, they'd open their eyes. Right, but hope springs eternal when it comes to socialists, right? That's right. It's an ideal, but it's a a naive ideal, Mm -hmm. and it's understandably a reaction, as I said, against the inequalities. If you look, say, CEOs in Europe in relation to workers, the differential is somewhere 25 or 30 times. Here it's something like 300. In other words, the inequalities between, say, a Jeff Bezos and so on, and the average worker is extreme. Yes. And undoubtedly, people are saying this is unjust, this is unfair. Got to do something, bring in the government, and the cycle goes on again. Right. But oftentimes, when you walk into churches today, Christian churches, social justice is from the lips of the pulpit often. I mean, how well, because are we. Because people are suffering and they're trying to figure out how to make sense of it. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, you've got to be clear. There's no one stronger on justice than the Lord hmm. and the, say, the Old Testament prophets and Moses. But you have a different type of justice. The left-wing progressive justice is completely different. And Christians who just hear the word justice and jump to their feet and salute, incredibly naive, because often what's called social justice simply isn't. It's a very dangerous form of progressive left-wing thinking, reparations, and so on. We need to step away. But when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Dr. Oz Guinness. There was an article that came out, got a lot of press over the weekend in The Atlantic, The Geography of Partisan Prejudice. Are we hating each other? And are we doing so because all our neighbors around us are telling us to? What's next? What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. 
For nearly three decades, the original Mattress Factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage. Medicare's open enrollment season has been extended through the end of this month. So take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you've got questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all of the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive medical plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but on quality. So don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496. And remember, deadline is March 31st. Find them online, marleyfg.com. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning System's proven model of success. That's only shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother in a truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Braddock Avenue. And that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn or two two turn to three three turn to ten because they got good reviews about my work makes me feel like i'm making a difference the trainer was good you get a lot of one-on-one time facetime and it's not like you go through training and that's it they're always a phone call away you want to go to vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed with vanguard backing you sky's the limit to start your own janitorial business in the pittsburgh area call vanguard cleaning systems of western pa 724-870-4120 compassion international presents Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour with very special guest Zach Williams and Austin French Casting Crowns performing songs from their brand new album Only Jesus along with many of your favorite Casting Crowns hits Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour with very special guests Zach Williams and Austin French live at PPG Paints Arena 7pm Saturday March 9th less than 2,000 seats remain at ppgpaintsarena.com Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for their annual Albright Deering Lecture with theologian Junius B. Dotson on Thursday, March 21st. Reverend Dotson's lecture, titled Engaging Your Community, will begin at 10 a.m., followed by a chapel service and community lunch. All are welcome to attend these free events. Registration is required to attend the luncheon. Learn more at pts.edu. That's pts.edu. Very cold tonight, mainly cloudy with a couple of flurries, while alone here 10. Brisk and very cold for tomorrow, feeling like mid-January. Mix of clouds and sun, a couple of flurries with a high only near 20. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 16. Not as harsh for Thursday, but still cold, partly sunny with a high close to 30. I'm Mackie with a meteorologist, Frank Strait, on 101.5 Word FM. Author and social critic Os Guinness is with us. His latest book is called Last Call for Liberty. Os Guinness. Oz, over the weekend, an article came out in The Atlantic that got a lot of press. It's called The Geography of Partisan Prejudice by Amanda Ripley, Rekha Tenharla, and Angela He. And the article centers around this poll that they did of 2,000 adults. They captured the people's feelings 
about the other party. Now, it's a long article and has a lot of data associated with it, but I'll I'll, uh, take it to this point because I think this sums it up. That in general, the most politically intolerant Americans, according to the analysis, tend to be whiter, more highly educated, older, more urban, and more partisan themselves. And by contrast... Many non-white Americans seem to more routinely encounter people that they disagree with. They have a more diverse social network. Um, Politically speaking, they tend to have more complicated views of the other side. And so they don't look at the other side as the evil people as much as this this group that I mentioned, the whiter group, the more highly educated, older, more urban and more partisan group, which was the most intolerant county in America, according to this analysis, Suffolk County, Massachusetts, which includes the city of Boston. Is that where you live, Oz? No, you live in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, McLean, Virginia. Okay, so this is Suffolk County, uh, Massachusetts, which includes the city of Boston. In this part of the country, according to this analysis, nine out of every ten couples appear to share the same partisan leaning, according to the voter file data. Eight out of every ten neighborhoods are politically homogeneous, and that means that people in Boston have fewer cross-cutting relationships in a very urban county with a very high education level. You have any comments or thoughts on that, Oz? No, not really. It doesn't surprise me. You've got places like the San Francisco Bay Area or parts of the Boston area or some of the parts of New York, which are heavily in this sort of blue column. And that's not really predictable. Right. So, Oz, as you joined us, you said, you know, we're it's so disparate now. Probably before the Civil War was the last time we were so disconnected from each other. How and why? I mean, is there is there a reason why that is? And I mean, is, is there it because a prescription we're, Is out? it because we're living amongst people who are like us, which seems to be a portion of at least what this what this data shows us, or is it something deeper but than that? Who is articulating the first principles of the American experiment? You take the motto "A pluribus unum." No one is talking about the unum. What are the uniting first principles? That all Americans, whatever their culture, religion, sex, country of background, or whatever, whatever they all should believe together. No one articulates that. It used to be part of civic education. Yes. The melting pot is gone. And you've got, as I say, you know, these two different revolutions. You know, in, in Paul's letter to the Galatians, he says, "Who's bewitched you? You're believing another gospel." And I think. I listen to so much of the American public rhetoric that today. Who's bewitched some of these people? They're believing another revolution. Yes. What they're arguing is not the American Revolution. But, of course, the trouble is no one speaks for the American Revolution. So having said all that, Oz, and uh, the, the sweep of history that you hold in your mind, are you more optimistic or pessimistic about the, the state of the nation where we're headed? Well, I didn't use those two words because <laughs> various problems. I'm a realist with hope that someone is going to know what's the issue before America will 1776 and all that it means be restored a national rededication or will it be repealed and replaced and will go the way of the French ideas which will be absolutely disastrous to America the Democratic Party has largely gone that way already and there's very little on the Republican side that is answering it in any depth and I'm not arguing in a partisan way, yes. but I just, I, you know, I spoke twice in the Senate this last year, and I said, which of you will do what Lincoln did? 
address the better angels. Did anyone step forward? <laughs> well, you've got people that say, uh, uh, Senator Ben Sass is well capable yes. of it. And he's one of those with a profound sense of history, and that's one of the ingredients we need badly, and he's certainly doing it. The newest book, Last Call for Liberty, How America's Genius for Freedom Has Become Its Greatest Threat. Thank you, Dr. Oz Guinness. Great pleasure to be with you again, always. We'll take a break, come back. we got uh, a little chunk ahead, so stay with us. Also, we got some free tickets for you. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. How can you live a victorious Christian life? Adrian Rogers said it all starts at the cross. You're going to learn that Calvary was not only Earth's greatest tragedy, but it was God's greatest triumph. Listen to Adrian Rogers and learn how to have victory in Jesus. This month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. My Pillows, Mike Lindell, is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now, Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. My Pillows Giza Dreams bed sheets, luxuriously soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off My Pillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. And be sure to use the promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children 
and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hillary Clinton has ruled out a 2020 presidential run for the first time on camera in an exclusive interview with News 12. You surprised by that? Uh, yes, I am. I'm not. Okay. I mean, I think it's for sure the right decision. Yeah. She is pledging instead, John, to take an active role by working with the candidates in the crowded Democratic field. I'm sure they're all going to be very eager to welcome her involvement in their campaigns. Are you being facetious? Yes. No, no, no. They're going to run away from her, or at least they should, I mean, like that, she's carrying some sort of illness. She still has some weight to – believe me. She lost to Donald Trump. But there are many women who would go – or many people would go, listen, I, you know, you lost – no, did you hear this over the weekend? When she was introduced at a forum over the weekend, she was introduced as the candidate whose election was stolen. The presidential election was stolen from her. So there are many people who are going to go, yeah, if Hillary's on board with okay, me, so, that's so going to help me. So if, if our guy doesn't win, it was stolen? That's what they basically were saying. Is that what yes, that yes. Okay, well, that's pathetic. Of course it is. That's where we stand today. I even I, I don't want to talk about this because yeah. it's politics. Yeah. And it's, okay. Please don't get up. Right, I'll so get upset. I'm not running, she says, but I'm going to keep on working and speaking and standing up for what I believe. God bless you. All right, good for you. God bless you. Okay, I also read today that uh, Mark Cuban, <sighs> owner of the uh, Dallas Mavericks, does he own the Dallas Stars? Uh, I believe he does. And he's also sure a that. Pittsburgh native. He is a Pittsburgh native. Um, he owns Walnut Capital. Mm-hmm. That's his group. Um, he's also on what was it, a Shark Tank? Yeah, Shark Tank. <laughs> Do you like that show? It's a weird show. You know, I watched one episode of it. Yeah. I that's, like it. It's kind of weird. I thought it was interesting to me. It was. Don't you? I, I like people who invent. Those are curious, well, then you odd love that minds. Show. Yeah, of course. So people coming and going, and now, now you like the idea of people. Oh, I'll give you twenty percent. Give me that capital. It's a really weird sort of back and forth. I think it's a very unique idea. He does own the Dallas Mavericks and the Stars. Um, says he's the owner of the National Basketball Team Association, NBA's Dallas Mavericks. Okay, um, so he must not own the Stars. Okay, all right. All right so, anyway, but he says he's considering running for president. Here's exactly what I've been fearing. Mm. That everyone? Every crazy celebrity is going to run for president. Sure. And if you are Elizabeth Warren or you're Kamala Harris, you are looking at these people and you're saying, we're doomed. Oh, no. Right. Here comes somebody else. So now are we entering the era of the celebrity president? Well, look, I mean, there was a big push for Oprah to run for president. And, oh. you know, if Oprah would have ran for president, people would have jumped on board. Oh, are you kidding you, me? Yes. She easily yes. could have slam dunked that. Anybody. Right. So, yeah, why not? I mean, if Donald Trump is, you know, the, the apprentice star and, you know, New York real estate mogul can be president. Well, then why not? You know, how does that affect anybody else from not rumping, jumping a, in there? Reagan was an actor, right? He was an actor, but, yeah, he, was but he was also the governor, he was also of, California. The governor of California. Uh, okay. Yeah. And Which president a, of the Screen Actors Guild before right, that. Right. So, so he, he had, wasn't he had a his chops. Actor. Oh, no, no. Ronald Reagan was a star, although he did appear with a chimpanzee. But, you know, in his day, Ronald Reagan was a star. Well, so did Clint Eastwood. And, you know, Clint Eastwood was the mayor of uh, a town in California. Carmel for Clint Eastwood. Right. I was in Carmel when he was the mayor there. Oh, you were? Was Mm -hmm. it a clean, orderly town? 
Um, have you ever been to Carmel? Yeah, no, but There's I understand. There's nothing that's not clean or yeah, orderly about beautiful. it. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, it's like a little slice of heaven. Right. Hey, uh, listen, we're giving away tickets to uh, see Casting Crowns this Saturday evening. Word FM's happy to be part of this event. We love Casting Crowns. We sure do. We're going to be there as well. So check us out. We got a pair of front row tickets. The only place in the city of Pittsburgh where you can still grab those front row tickets and a backstage pass for you and your buddy for the meet and greet. All you got to do is send us an email. Why do you like Casting Crowns? Or what's your favorite Casting Crowns song? It right. really doesn't, Why you know, it's important that you go or just something. Put Casting Crowns in the heading right. and be included in this mix. And then tomorrow, during this time, we'll announce the winner. That's right. So the email that you need to use is contests. That's plural. Contests at johnandkathyshow.com. Mm-hmm. That's contests at johnandkathyshow.com. And Very we are going to want you to spell out John and Kathy Show. Okay. J-O-H-N. Don't use the little ampersand thing. Right. Just don't do it. Okay? J-O-H-N and K-A-T-H-Y. Right. Um, okay, a little earlier in the show, we were talking about the Lenten season, which is upon us, of course. Not, not yet upon us, but... T- tomorrow is uh, Ash Wednesday. So um, I saw an article in today's Trib about, you know, we were talking about what are you going to give up for Lent? Right. Which is, you know, for a lot of people, one in four people in this country give something up. Give something up, right. Okay. And the top things on Twitter, according to CT, were uh, food was the big, first big category. The second big category was technology. And the third one was smoking and drinking. Right. So Shirley McLaren in today's uh, Trib Live. That's not Shirley McLean. Nope. Shirley, Shirley McLaren, okay. MCM. I'm sorry, Mac. M-C-M-A-R-L-I-N. Oh, McMarin. McMarin, yes, Mm -hmm. McLaren. Anyway, uh, Shirley says she's looked at five Pittsburgh things to give up. Oh. Okay. Wait, wait. can I guess? Mm. Okay, pierogies, icy light. (laughs) Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown and the fountain. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Maybe close. All right. Okay. Shirley's top five are, number five, worrying about anything having to do with Philadelphia. Oh, that's good. I that feel very sense, good about it? that. that yeah, I like sense. that a lot. Number four is slow. This is for me. Slowing down outside the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Oh, Please, what is the deal with the tunnels? Like it's never going to go away. It's not. I mean, you know, the psych- whether it's the Fort Pitt tunnels, Liberty tunnels, Squirrel Hill tunnels, the psychological peril people have to the tunnels. Uh, number three. I love this one. Getting mad when outsiders still refer to Pittsburgh as a gritty industrial city. <laughs> that's really that's funny. good. Boy, that's, that's good. That's a lot of sensitivity. If you're investing do. like emotional reaction and people like labeling the city like it was 50 years ago. Right. Uh, number two, this is good. Worrying about how the pirates will do this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the number one thing that people should give up for Lent, according to Shirley, is paying attention to Antonio Brown. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes. you. Do you think by the end of the week, uh, AB will be traded? He'll be elsewhere? Uh, I certainly hope so. And any, I don't care where he goes. As long as he ends his relationship with the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm, I'd be thrilled. So whoever takes him, like, knock yourself out. That's soon enough. Take a break. Come back. Uh, stay with us, please. Okay, we gave away tickets to Casting Crowns. We're going to give away tickets to um, the Buddy Hackett Revival Tour at the Holiday House <laughs> no, we're not. next. What? No, we're not. 
Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step. From the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Okay, uh, look, now we've opened Pandora's box here. We have to talk about it. Because I mentioned the name Antonio Brown, and all of a sudden, of a sudden the, the roof is falling in. Right, because I just can't stand it a minute Stop longer. it. I mean, why are we even I can't. investing ourselves Well, because ourselves now he's offering himself up on Cameo, which is an online site, where you can pay him $500, and he will give a greeting to someone important to you. What do you mean? Like yeah. a, a, Do you have any audio of that, Mike? What kind of a greeting? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a pro- oh, here we go. Let's listen to it. Like your nose bleeding. Because this year, we're going to the Super Bowl. Whatever it takes, baby. Bill, keep your head up. This year, we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Stay ready. Yeah, that's not the one. What's mm-hmm. that for? Now, see, that that was an earlier video he did on Cameo. I remember that. But his latest video on Cameo, he's actually saying that he would, like, if I wanted to treat you, John, yeah. I could give $500 to Antonio Brown, and he would say, hey, John, we're here to honor you on your birthday. And, you know, Kath has, you know, conscripted me. I see. To, Something personalized. Right. To be to be like a, a personal greeting card. Could he do like my um, like my voicemail? Uh, the greeting? My uh, I don't think he would do your voicemail greeting. I think, you'd have to, I think you'd have to give him a little more a little more money perhaps okay. to do that. So my question, of course, is that's the one, Mike. Yeah. Right. Can you play that? Yeah. Okay. okay here go we right go. ahead. Hope your birthday is booming. Happy 38th birthday. And I hear it's your second anniversary wedding. I heard you've been working really hard as a defense attorney, and your birthday is here. Happy birthday. <laughs> we celebrate you today. Hope your birthday is booming. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, if I wanted to wish you a happy second anniversary wedding, <laughs> okay. then I could <laughs> I could do that. So I'm, I, I don't know how much business that's going to give him. So he just wants to be in the public eye? Is that the deal? Or he's broke. No way. What, what what do you think his net worth is? Oh, I have no idea. Hmm. All right. Well, AB. Or bored. I, I don't know. I just I'm, I, I, I think, say he goes to the Raiders really? only because historically the Raiders, you know, they're, they're, they take all people, you yeah, know, regardless yeah, yeah. of situation. I've also heard the Titans 
are a uh, a leader, really clubhouse leader. I think I'm, so. We are hoping for the highest draft pick possible. Right. Is that the deal? Of course. But here's the problem. Yes. The more he does stuff like this, the more it hurts all of us. Yes, it does. Who are Steeler fans because it just takes his you know and his so wealth, his worth down. He will not go to the Browns. He will not go to the Ravens. Right. Someone no, in our division. I, I heard that Le'Veon Bell was thinking about going to the Ravens, or really? the Ravens were thinking of taking uh. Bell. See, this is the season. I mean, now's the, the time of the year we should talk about spring training and, you know, the so arrival of all that. So let's. let's because, just you know, something this, new and exciting coming our way. AB's net worth is $30 million. $30 mil. $30 million. But we don't so, know how much. I mean, spent. remember he was carrying, what, I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars in that white backpack. Remember yes. that, it went, that was lost after he threw the furniture over the balcony in Florida. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, Let's just get beyond the soap opera, right? because Pittsburgh does not want to be known for this kind of stuff. And whatever Ben's doing, let's uh, you know have Ben lead the team, and we'll sit, bid a farewell to AB, please. Lenting AB. Lenting AB. Oh, there you go. I love it. So Hashtag much. right. Hey, if you're interested in the two front row tickets to Casting Crowns that include a backstage pass, please find us contests. That's plural at johnandkathyshow.com. We'd love to hear why you want the tickets. Um, make a persuasive case. Yes. And uh, I guess we're done. This is it for us. Well, you think we're going to go longer? Well, the podcast is up and running. It's only a two-hour show. Always bonus features there. Are is we going to continue to talk about AB? I am not. I'm done. Please. Oh. Mike and I might talk about him tomorrow. You go right ahead and enjoy yourself. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.